Hello everyone, my name is Catherine Potter and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. As you know, each podcast features topics and guests that support the idea of holistic thinking and the understanding that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. When we take holistic thinking out of the box of complementary health modalities or spiritual exploration and apply it to looking at everything in an interconnected way, it changes not only how we think, but the day-to-day choices we make. Those choices might relate to who we partner up with, the types of businesses or organizations we support or invest in, as well as the types of leaders we choose to run our governments. Now, more than ever, we need to look for leaders who can be progressive and holistic in their thinking and promote an inclusive, win-win approach for all. In order to recognize those leaders, we need to stay informed so we are not misled by fear. In other words, we need leaders who talk about how we can work together rather than those who support a divisive, separatist approach. With that in mind, today's guest is Shauna Holmes, a recently retired senior policy advisor with the government of Alberta. And she's going to talk to us about communal monies. And in particular, she's going to talk to us about the Canada Pension Plan. And it is fairness and its sustainability. So Shauna, welcome. I really appreciate you taking time to come out of retirement (laughs) to talk to us about something that is kind of a hot topic sometimes. And the reason why I reached out to you is I often will have clients come in and they have fear about their not being um, pension for them when they when they retire. So let's just first start off. I'd like to first start off by talking about what the Canada Pension Plan is and, and just maybe even t- talk about its beginning. Just briefly, if you can just give us a little bit about its beginning. Okay, um, great to be here, here Catherine. Um, Canada Pension Plan started in uh, 1966. It was brought in by Lester Pearson and, and the Liberal government of the time in response to a really severe poverty problem that we were facing with respect to seniors. It was brought in to start to address that then and to plan for the future so that people would not be in that circumstance at a later point in time. Pensions were paid right away. They weren't huge, but even if you had never contributed, you started getting something from CPP right away. So the funding method that was used at that time was what we call pay-as-you-go. So can you just... Yeah. Because a lot of people like won't myself know won't know. So t- just describe what pay-as-you-go is. So pay-as-you-go basically means that the contribution rate established, the amount of contributions going into the plan, has to be at least enough to cover the cost of the pension that is being paid out. Hmm. So it's basically money in, money out. That has evolved over the years. We still have... We, we call it now um, 
a, a steady basis or steady state basis funding. And basically, we still have some of the pay-as-you-go pay element in there, but we're putting in more than is needed to just pay out the contributions so that we can build and establish an actual pension fund that will ultimately, that now at least is a good contingency reserve and will ultimately be where pensions are fully paid out of. Okay, so let me pause you for a second because I need to understand that, um, that I understand this because, and I may have listeners who, if possible, know even less than I do. <laughs> so let's clarify for everybody. So when it first began, and how innovative, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, so yay, um, Prime Minister Pearson back then. Um, so when it first started, it was a pay as, a, as, as you go, but as it evolved, it began t- to create more, I'm, I'm asking you this, yeah. it, began, it began to create more than what it had to pay out at any particular time. Am I right in understanding yes. that? Yeah. And so it's, I'm assuming since 19, you said 66, it's evolved tremendously yes. as anything new does. Yes. Um, and so now I've had conversation with you before and you were saying that our model the Canada pension plan model is a pretty good one Mm -hmm. um, and and that sometimes other people have even come to look at it tell us a little bit about that well it just particularly in recent years with all of the um, market drops and, and fluctuations not to say that Canada Pension Fund hasn't taken hits, of just course. like everybody else. We're global, right? Yeah, yes. but we have fared better than a lot of plans based on the amount of benefit we're paying out and how we're investing and managing the fund. And we have had other countries come and take a look and say, okay, what are you doing differently than we are? Because, for example, in Europe, there have been several national plans that have actually had to reduce benefits as a result of some of the the market fluctuations and things that have gone on recently. So people do look at CPP and say, yeah, this this has some hallmarks of a good plan. We've done a few of the things that were, I think, particularly smart. For example, this is a what we call a defined benefit plan, which means that at any point in time, you can sit down and based on a formula, you can calculate the amount of monthly pension you will receive when you retire. Okay. So based on the, so a couple of questions came up, but just, mm-hmm. so basically you're saying even somebody who is 30 years old, who's been paying into pension, let's say for 10 years since they mm-hmm. started to work, um, could project and say, I plan on retiring yeah. at 55 or 65 or 75, what would be my, yeah. yes. Yes. So How can, accurate is that, by the way? It's going to be, it's, it's a projection, it's an actuarial projection, so th- there are some guesstimates in there but they're these are people that are trained to read things pretty well and and they do a very good job job of of, of estimating things so you're you're going to get a fairly good idea of of what you're you're going to get the one thing that makes cpp different than just a general for example final earnings plan cpp is what they call a career average earnings plan so it's averaging the earnings of all the years of your employment so that so someone started at, at 
um, age 20 and retired at 65, you've got 45 years worth of earnings in there that are going to be averaged out. But we have put an earnings cap on that. So, for example, it's called YMPE, or Year's Maximum Pensionable Earnings. And this year that amount is $58,700. So you do not earn Canada pension on any earnings over that amount. Okay. So I'm going to go back a little bit, though, just to kind Mm -hmm. of like lay foundation. Um, So that's what I'm hearing. You're saying, uh, so first off, you're saying anybody who earns, what's the amount again? 58,700. If they're earning over Over that, that, they do not pay, um, they do not get benefits or pay contributions on the, so if you were earning um, $75,000, you, you would have a, a piece in there that you has nothing to do with CPP. You would be expected to cover that on your own. CPP only covers up to 58000 So for the average... So what's the implication of that? Well, what does that mean? In, well, in, for the average person, yeah. okay, if it, right now... Um, so let's say somebody is earning, uh, so somebody's 40, earning 40000 a year, yeah. somebody else is earning 100000 yeah. a year. Tell me, give so us an example. So the person uh, earning 40000 a year, yeah. their entire benefit, their entire salary yeah. is going to be covered. And that formula is, um, it was 25% of your average YMPEs, or yeah. your average, sorry, your average earnings, yeah. and it is, uh, it actually went up to 30% last year. But anything that you earn over and above, so this person that's earning $100,000, anything over that 58700 they are not get, is their earnings are not included in that averaging, so they are not going to get a full pension for all of their earnings. They're only getting it for up to fifty eight thousand. So is the idea with that that basically the higher income you have, the more you're going to be able to put some monies for retirement mm-hmm. away in a different way, exactly. whether it be RSPs or whatever, then yeah. somebody who's earning less money, yeah. they're not going to have... As, yeah. as, and so it truly is, uh, you know, we're, we're working for everybody. Yeah. So, But there's a, a question that I want to ask, um, to go a little bit off topic but not, who decides on... Um, again with Canada pension how is that who decides on what to invest those pension monies in is that is that the government who decides no. on that the the um what was it 1992 i believe it was the federal government set up the Canada pension plan investment board this is it is a crown corporation but it is appointed experts in the fields of pension and investment who then are responsible for investing the Canada Pension Fund. Their mandate is purely to ensure that they grow the fund so that we have more contingency reserve, more security. The government has no say whatsoever in how the funds are invested or what the decisions are made. The board does have to report back to the federal government 
each year to say, okay, this year we invested and we earned an overall increase of 10% or 5% or whatever. So they do have to, and if they have losses, they have to explain it. But the government itself has no direct control of what over, it gets invested yeah, in. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's totally, this board is totally independent and does all its own decision making. They are, there are a number of, of very well-educated and experienced people on that board and um, it yeah you're not going to find much better as far as I'm concerned but it and then in addition to that so you've got you've got two pieces here you've got an investment board here that is separate and apart from the government that manages the fund makes sure everything's okay in order then we have the actual piece of legislation that is the Canada Pension Plan that is enacted by Parliament. It cannot be changed. It does not get adjusted simply because the current federal government decides they want to change something in CPP. What happens is pensions are constitutionally both a provincial and a federal matter. Provinces are consulted any time there is any consideration for change where they can bring up changes, but at least seven of the ten provinces must agree fully to the change before a change can be brought forward to Parliament, and then Parliament has to review it again and decide if they agree with it. And so there, there's a tremendous amount of protection there for plan members, both in terms of how things are invested and how decisions are made with respect to the benefits and contributions to be made. Okay, so such an important point I think you just made. And say again, you said seven seven of the ten provinces, provinces have to, to agree, agree for there to be a change. You're yes. talking about now with the constitu- with, with with how with how yes. that legislation yes. that piece of legislation reads. So uh, be, and if you can go and see the Canada Pension Plan Act online if you want, but basically anything that talks about the amount of benefit to be paid, the contributions to be made, any ancillary benefits like an early retirement benefit, all of those decisions require provincial consensus or provincial approval. All right. And so, okay, so now we're going to get into some things that I think, you know, People on the street, people like me, you know, we're not as well educated about those things. Um, But some of the fears that come up around this. So, number one, why is there a fear? Um, And again, I've had several people talk to me about this. With people, let's say, in their 30s or 40s, the perception is that there may not be a pension for them when they retire. And so I think that's a really good uh, placed it like mm-hmm. that's a question I'm yeah. like why do they think that or the other thing is so I'm, I guess I'm throwing two questions at you so we can address them in that order the perception is that they are paying for the older generation but when they comes their turn to retire they are not going to have any to ca- any candidate pension so is that fact or fiction Shauna <laughs> well I think I think it's one of those urban myth things myself um, I think the fear develops because, A, people don't trust government. <laughs> you 
you know, there's that <laughs> niggling little bit in the background there, but more... I what mean, are they doing with our money? Yeah, exactly. And how much Whether do we it's taxes or, yeah. or anything totally. else. What, okay. What, so, Fair. But then there's also, we do see pension plans fail. Private sector pension plans do go down. They go down because the employer is no longer there. So let's talk about the difference. This is a great, let's, and we'll come back mm-hmm. to that fear. Let's talk about the difference between Canada pension plan and private sector plans, because mm-hmm. people may not understand the difference. Or they might, but nonetheless, we're, we're assuming, yeah. Well, Canada pension is, as I said, this is an act of parliament. Everyone who is employed in Canada is required to participate in the Canada pension plan. And it doesn't matter where you go in Canada, with the exception of Quebec, um, or who you're employed with. So you employed with one employer, you quit, you go to another employer. You are always and constantly a member of the Canada Pension Plan. Okay, so let's so we That's, so now what's the difference between that and a private sector? A plan? private sector pension plan is sponsored by an employer. Okay. Okay. And so, so for example, I'm just going to break this down into mm-hmm. nice bite-sized chews. We we happen to be in Alberta, but what mm-hmm. you said about Canada pension is true for everybody mm-hmm. other than Quebec, yes. right? Okay. And we'll come to that in a, in a few minutes. Um, so many questions. Okay. But so putting pen, uh, so we live in Alberta. So you're basically saying a company uh, in Alberta can also offer a company plan that has nothing to do with the Canada Pension Plan. Yes. Two separate issues. Two totally separate issues. And are there regulations on how that... Yes. That was what I spent 40 years of my career on, basically. (laughs) We have, in Alberta, it was originally the Pension Benefits Act. It's now called the Employment Pension Plans Act. And this sets out the rules for establishing a pension plan for how you fund it, the benefits that can be paid, how you can invest the funds. All of those rules are set out in legislation and an employer who wants to sponsor a pension plan must abide by those rules and the government of Alberta oversees all those plans and goes out and reviews plans that they have concerns with and makes sure that the rules are followed at all times. So for most part, chances are you're not getting a tiny little company begin a company pension plan, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you're talking about bigger companies and probably more established, or is that yeah. is that naive on my part to think no, that? No, well, you've got your two types of plans, your defined benefit and your defined contribution. By and large, the larger employers are going to sponsor the defined benefit plan. It is a lot more complicated. It is a lot more costly. Um, All sorts of other things go into it. The little guy is probably going to establish um, a defined contribution plan, which works kind of like an RRSP, and the money just goes in and the member invests it, and there's there's no formula for the benefit. So, but basically, they're still saying, "Let's all chip in together." Yes, I, I mean it's it it it's communal and it's good it's, idea, right? Let's all chip in together and we'll invest because we'll make. Yes, and it and and it is. It's something where most of us could never on our own. Yes, fund something like that because remember. 
particularly with a defined benefit plan, the legislation requires that the employer has to pay for 50% of the cost of the benefit. Yes. So you're not only putting in your money, you're getting they're the employer getting, they're money saying, in there put it as in well. And we're going to match it. Exactly. Yes. And, and so it, it, um, yes. it, it, it means that you're going to be able to save. If every time you make a contribution, in essence, you are getting 100% return on the dollar before you... Um, you know, before you go anywhere, yeah. so yeah. It, 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 it's it, potentially quite yes. Good. And so, so for people, um, if uh, keeping that separate for a moment, people need to separate the two and first be a little bit more educated about if their company it, it's a provincial yes. thing. There's going to be laws, I assume, that are different yes. in each province, yes. and they need to get informed as to the type of pension plan, mm-hmm. right? And um, so, but it's a separate issue from Canada Pension. It's totally separate from Canada Pension. The only relationship there is at all is sometimes in the defined benefit plan, the employer will balance the amount of contributions and therefore the benefit to be paid based on what they are already paying to CPP. Okay. Right? So there might be some offset there. But other than that, there, there is no tie between the two, the two plans at all. So do you think it's... So sometimes we do hear about um, a provincial pension plan. I'll, I'll yeah, say yeah. it in that way so we can separate yeah. it. That people have lost money yeah. with. And do you think that that contributes somewhat to the fear of, oh my goodness, I'm paying this since I was working? Because even part-time, if people are working part-time, or we won't get too much much into that, but I'm paying into this, into Canada Pension, it may not be there when I retire. Do you think some of it comes from? I think, and particularly in recent years in Ontario, we have had some major companies even that have gone bankrupt for example, Sears. Yeah. And all of a sudden, members are not going to be getting what they got before. Now, it's not like everything's gone because the pension fund is always separate and apart from the assets of the employer. And so it's so protected in It some is ways? protected in some ways. What's left, if an employer goes bankrupt, gets distributed equitably among all of the, the participants of the plan. But it's just that it won't be the full value of their benefit unless the plan was fully funded at the time the employer went bankrupt. Okay, so that's important, you know, for people Mm -hmm. to understand, right, that um, there is some safety in it, right? It's not, even if a company goes bankrupt, they still have to pay. Um, the the funds that are there yeah. are held for plan members. They cannot be attached by creditors of the company. Okay, okay. So let's get back to Canada Pension. Yeah. That's interesting to know, and mm-hmm. I think people again, it's about us. Yeah. You know, I think all of this that has gone on with a lack of trust in leadership, whether it be yeah. spiritual leadership or government leadership yeah. or industry leadership is because we need to get a little bit more informed. We're not Absolutely. children. We're not looking for mummy and daddy, be it a company mm-hmm. or a, a politic, yeah. a po- po- um, politician to take care of us. We need yeah. to be a little bit more informed. Yeah. And I know people are super busy, yeah. um, but we can still do some fact checking. So I, yeah. I, I like having people like you yeah. come on who are in the know. So let's get back to Canada pe- Pension and... And you're basically saying 
the people who have fear that they're only paying it forward for people about to retire, there will be something for them also. Absolutely. I think we have to really look at CPP as a truly holistic plan. It's a full circle. You start by paying in, and then at a certain point, you start drawing out. But it's always there. It's, It's constant. I mean, if the government of Canada goes kaput, then there's going to be a lot more to worry about than CPP, yeah, so exactly. to speak. Yeah. Um, but, but as, as long as, as the, the government, government is, is not... there, then yeah. we've got this full circle. I paid into CPP for 43 years. Yeah. I'm now drawing CPP, and part of that is being paid for by the active members. I'm not going to say the young people, yeah. by the active members of the plan at this point in time. So active member means anybody still working yes, is paying, paying into Canada into, yes. Pension. Up to what age, by the way? 65. Okay, so yeah. everybody stops paying into, even if I, you're continuing to work? I believe so. Now, don't, I'm not Okay, so we're not sure about this. This is an opportunity for everyone to mm-hmm. fact check. So, um, so with Canada Pension, like if, for most part, up till 65, if you're working, you're paying into yes. it. At 65, but people can choose to take Canada Pension a bit later, right? You, you can choose to yeah. take it later, you can choose to take it earlier. You yeah. must commence any pension by um, age 71. Okay, perfect. Okay, so, so for most part, it's not true that um, the pension won't be there for people in their 30s and 40s who worry mm-hmm. about that or in their 50s that the pension's going to run out. That is kind of a fear. That's a, that's a, that's not a realistic it's, fear. Yeah, like I say, I think it's more of a myth. In fact, the um, actuaries, I think it was the yeah 2018 plan actuaries did a, a review of the plan, which included the cost of the benefit improvement that went in in 2019. They have looked at the contribution rate and said, based on that contribution rate, we see the pension plan, the CPP, as being fully sustainable for at least the next 75 years. Okay, and so we are going to assume that in the next 75 years, people will be even more progressive in their thinking. It's not like... It's not like it drops off at 75 years. No, that is just a projection that we're, even if, if nothing else changes... We're good for 75 years. And yet, of course, we always want to think about and beyond. So how can we be more intelligent? How can we work together? Again, because it is very holistic. Exactly. It is. And when you think about a Canada pension plan, it's very holistic in its thinking. Yes. Okay, so there is one fear that, you know, people do not need to be concerned about, but I'm still going to say to listeners, you know what? Check it out, right? Check it out. So then the other thing is, so that's great, by the way. You actually said something about um, either in a conversation before or now, and I can't quite remember. Do we pay more when we're younger and less when we're older? Can you, or do I have that wrong? Tell me. Well, what it is, is we're all playing the same contribution rate. A percentage. Yes, a percentage of salary. Of our salary. The, The point is that when you're 20, the value of the benefit that you're going to earn this year is probably less than the contribution rate you're putting in. Okay? But what you're doing is... They're trying. You're leveling out your contribution rate over your career, so you've got money going in now, and it's going to earn 
um, interest for 40, 45 years, right? And so it's going to be paying not only for this benefit, but for the benefits you're accruing as you go on. If you based it on the cost of your benefit today, you might be paying $50 a month right now. Mm-hmm. By the time you got to 60, and it would go up every year to cover that additional cost because you'd have less time for interest to earn on that money. By the time you get to 55, you could be paying 500 bucks a month. Okay. You know, so this the, that is all just a stabilization. It's evening it out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. It's not okay. like you're getting ripped off. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. and particularly in in the private sector plans, because there's actually a government rule that says you cannot pay for more than fifty percent of the cost of your benefit. Okay, in all a right. defined benefit plan. Um, you keep there's. Uh, we're going to bounce back here to provincial for a second. Mm-hmm. You're saying there's a defined benefit plan, and what's the other kind defined of provincial contribution? And and what's the difference? The defined benefit plan is the one where you've actually got a benefit formula. You can sit down on any day, apply the formula, and figure out how much pension you've you're going to get at 65. Yep. Defined contribution plan works basically the same as an RRSP. You just put money into the account, and when you're ready to retire, you take it out and transfer it to a life income fund or a life annuity, and you get a monthly pension. The life income fund is is like a RIF, Mm-hmm. except that the money is locked in. You can't just take it all out and cash in one lump sum. Okay. There are set rules. But in essence, it, you don't know at any point in time, either when you retire or 10 years down the road, you don't know what your monthly income is going to be in okay. any given year. So it's just a different way yeah. of investing. Okay. But e- and, and so again, I had jumped back to provincial, but even with the provincial, there are regulations, strong regulations mm-hmm. about... Um, what a company can, how a percentage they can invest, all that type of thing. Yeah, we go now by what is called the prudent person rule, and you can look it up online and and get some information on, on the legal description of it. But basically it's saying that you have to be a little more cautious than you would be with, um, you know, any other kind of fund, um, pension fund investors are generally more conservative, particularly if it's a defined benefit plan. Your contribution rate is based on an assumed rate of return for the fund to get at any point in time. So, uh, so the investors are shooting for that interest rate. They're not necessarily concerned with making more than that. It's nice if they do. Yes. But the, the stability of the fund is key. Yeah, so basically what you're saying, and again, we're talking provincial. Um, what we're saying is for provincial pension plans, they're looking, they're taking the long road. Absolutely. They're saying, you know, we're not going to invest in high-risk things exactly. because that can be such a win or lose, but yeah. we might be making money slower, but it is sustainable. It's, and, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, they're evening out. They're saying yeah. we're not going to put... Okay, perfect. Yeah. So now let's come back to Canada Pension Plan again. So we've already um, fact-checked, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, yes, it's going to be there for everybody, and we're mm-hmm. assuming that we're not going to get less smart when it comes to um, the people who are investing 75 years from now, but the right. projection is even 75 years from now, and of course, we're always thinking about the future, so if it if that's true now, 
during such bumpy times, obviously it's going to be there. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is, let's talk about um, sometimes where we will get politicians saying we want out of Canada pension. Is that there, there are so sometimes because again, I think that can be a little bit misleading for yes. people. So, um, so everybody. Let's start with uh, Quebec is the only province that's not. I'm, I'm yes. asking you this. I'm checking in. Quebec is the only province not involved with Canada Pension, and yes. they are out of it. They didn't opt out after it started, correct? No. When, Can help us with that. When they, when Canada Pension was first proposed, every province had the choice to opt in or stay out. Okay. And so Quebec, again, we're talking sixty-six, nineteen sixty-six. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and Quebec was the only province that decided they did not want to be part of CPP, and they set up their own Quebec pension plan, which essentially mirrors CPP in terms of benefits yeah. Yeah. and contributions, although they treat theirs more as a group insurance plan in terms of how they recognize funding and stuff as opposed to the pension, the, the common okay. understanding of pension. So plan. somebody living in Quebec, contributing to Quebec, will not get a Canada pension plan, they will only get a Quebec pension plan. As long as they are employed in Quebec. Yeah, if they live outside of the province, they will start playing into it. And that can actually be, that's one of the the negatives, if you like, of having a separate provincial plan, because what will happen is, as I said earlier, your um, benefit is based on your career average earnings. So if you go and work, if a Quebecer goes and works in Alberta, for 10 years. Mm -hmm. They're going to have 10 years under CPP and then the balance of their stuff under QPP. But think about it. They're not going to have the same earnings base under either plan, right? So say they they were 30 when they came here. They worked here for 10 years and then they go back to Quebec. And so their CPP is based on the 10 years from age 30 to 40, which is probably not their highest earnings uh, level in their career, but that's all that will be considered for CPP. And then they'll go back to Quebec and they've got 10 years missing in terms so of So it's money. not going to, it's, yeah. Yeah, so you're not going to get necessarily the the same amount as you would have if you had been all in one plan. Okay, and so like anything, there's pros and cons, but Essentially, what you're saying is the Canada Pension Plan is a good one. Mm-hmm. It is a progressive one. It is going to be there for the people who are concerned it yes. isn't going to be. Um, and it makes sense for provinces to to stay with Absolutely. it. Because in the long run, it's going to um, create more a, a better solution for them when they retire. Is that... Yeah, exactly. And I mean, even just as a a cost factor, right now, the cost of running the whole plan is shared across Canada. Move it out, and all of a sudden, you're going to have to hire some more civil servants, God forbid, and... um, And, and and pay people to administer this plan. Because, of course, there's going to be a cost. Yep. People have to be paid. They're not, 
Yeah. And whether you yeah. take it out of the fund itself or out of taxpayer dollars, one way or another, there's a new cost for the Alberta government. And so I'm going to ask a question that probably I'm, I'm going to try and think like somebody who is concerned about um, fair play amongst all the provinces. Uh, so, and I'm not sure if I, I know how to say this correctly. So the people who decide how to invest um, Canada pensions money, mm-hmm. monies, right, they're not affiliated with any province? No. They're and not so it doesn't affiliated with the feds either. They're not affiliated with the federal government. They're not affiliated with any province. They're best basically just taking joint monies that comes in from every single person in Canada other than Quebec. Mm-hmm. I, 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 every person in Canada who works is con- contributing yes. a percentage, same percentage. Yes. Correct. And they're taking that monies and there, there can't be any favoritism, right? No. Because really, if one loses, we all lose. If one province wins, mm-hmm. we all win. So yeah. am I right in hearing yes. that that's yes. what you're this, saying? This is an independent group of experts that invests the fund, and they do not have the influence of any particular government or corporation or anything else. Their mandate is to grow the fund in the most sustainable, stable risk, low risk kind of way that they can. And so there's no way for there to be, you know, like so much when we're where leaders are saying, well, we don't get as supported or this mm-hmm. province, da da da. This is totally separate, and there's no way for a province to be favored. No, because mm. the money isn't invested in provinces. Excellent. Okay, excellent. And I think I think that is really important to realize. I think that, this is such an important yeah. point because it allows when. People are putting out information for their own agenda mm-hmm. to try and, whether it be sway elections or whatever, a lot of this is all lumped together. Yeah. And we're not taking the time to take it apart. Yeah, and right? see what we're talking about. I mean, the, the one of the reasons for the CPP Investment Board and for investment boards for a lot of, of plans and things, one of the fears that was around not so much anymore but like in in the 60s and early 70s when I started in the field was this fear that pension plans the funds could get so big that a government who controlled the investment of the fund or whatever could have control over a whole lot of other stuff just by where they were pointing their money to go yes and so that's why it is so important that these funds have independent... They are separate from the federal government. They are are separate separate from from the government. Yes. Yes. They have nothing to do with government whatsoever, other than, as I said, they report to the federal government on their performance. And so we take this right back to early introduction when I was saying we need to think holistically. And this is a smart way for Mm -hmm. all the people of Canada to invest together irregardless of what province, and that we make more by investing together than we do separate. Absolutely. First of all... And we take it out of the hands of government. Yes, exactly. And you're sharing costs, 
the fact that you've got such a large fund for these experts to work with means that they have a lot of investment opportunities that a smaller fund does not have just by the nature of how they can diversify and what they can actually cost-wise get into. Um, the bigger the fund, kind of the better in some ways in, in that it, it does give them a lot more options. Moving a piece of it out and making it, for example, an Alberta plan or a Saskatchewan plan or something like that means that all of a sudden you've got a smaller fund and you're not going to have the same investment opportunities. Yes, yes, yes. Very smart. So, Shauna, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your information today. Your 40-some-odd years of experience. How many? 43 years. And then where you really um, worked in pension for, what, 40 of those years? Yes. Yes. You've got a lot of experience. I appreciate you taking the time to come and share your information and your experience in this. Anything that... You would like to say that we've not, to summarize it, because I think, you know, this has been a good conversation, yeah. Well, I think the the only thing that, in, in reading some of the, the proposals that have gone out recently about moving out of Canada Pension... You're talking about Alberta, Alberta moving out Alberta. The one thing that hasn't been covered in that is, what will this Alberta Pension Plan look like? Is this going to be the same as the CPP. If it is, then the fairness equity of young paying for old stays. If it's not going to be the same as CPP, what are you doing with pensioners? Are you going to leave them with CPP? If CPP will allow you to do that. Um, if you move them out and move them to an Alberta plan that is not the same as CPP, how are you going to continue to pay those benefits? Okay, so basically what you're talking about is from time to time we hear about our province, so mm-hmm. in Alberta or maybe sometimes other provinces yep. who are like, we should separate and, um, you know, find our own... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're basically saying, um, be informed. Yeah. Don't be swayed, don't be seduced by, hey, we can make more alone than we can yeah. together, it, like when it comes to pensions or whatever. And you're saying ask intelligent questions yes. and don't just let somebody who's charismatic yeah. say, hey, we can do better. You want them, you're saying specifically, what does that look like? Exactly. If you're saying we can do better alone, what does that look like? What, do, what does the plan look like? How are you going to manage investment? What is the cost going to be? All of these things are really important. And um, like you said, can we, we can't, in a whole country coming together invest has more to invest and has better options yes. than a province. Exactly. Yes. You've got, to me, the two big protections here is you do have in, in CPP, you do have an independent investment board that can make decisions that will be best for growing the fund and, and ensuring stability. The other one, like I said, is the fact that the provinces have say in in what happens, so you can't just have one little group saying, oh, well, we're going to change this or we're going to change that. Yes. You have an entire, again, 
body community that looks at it and says, yes, this is good for everybody, or no, we're not going to go for it because it's only good for this group or that group. You've got a lot more security. Yes, and so, (coughs) so again, it can be frustrating sometimes, teamwork. It yes. can be frustrating, but what we don't—we want to work it out and work it through and come up together with intelligent solutions, rather than saying, "I'm taking my marbles and going home," yes. and right, I'm yes. taking my pieces off the table because I cannot get my way. And so, really, what we're saying is, "There's your way, my way. Let's find a, yeah. a, a mutual, a mutually win-win way for all of us." Yes, and and I think just. Kind of off, but I mean, when you think about it, evolution has taught us that we're better off in a group than we are out trying to survive in the forest alone. Yeah, and if we take that into a whole holistic perspective, yeah. it's an illusion. This this separateness is illusion. And yes. the more we separate, separation is the absolute opposite of holism, right? And it's fear-based yes. and... And it, we go to that place of aloneness. So we do. whether we're looking at that from a financial decision, a government decision, or whatever, we do better when we work together. When, right? when we have a group. And I, I think that um, bears out in many ways. I mean, look at the standard of living things internationally. Which countries have the best standard of living? They're the ones that pool the most resources. Yes. And on that note... Thank you so much, because that is brilliant. And so, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this. Sean, again, thank you for taking the time to come in and share your wisdom, your experience, your information. I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody, let's think holistically.